0: It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Happy Friday
1: and welcome into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Steve Norris with you here talking sports for the next two hours. It's just us. No guest on the rundown today. Been up and unable to join us, unfortunately, but... We'll look forward to catching up with Ben next week to talk some college baseball. And want to, as always, remind you to check out the podcast, uh, 11.7 Podcast, if you are a college baseball fan. They do a tremendous job of covering the sport. We'll talk about the games coming up this weekend. We'll also look at what's going on with the conference tournaments and basketball. The Braves are in action. This is always fun Stuart Mandel's ranked the top 25 college football coaches so we'll get into that oh
2: I saw that yeah yeah I clicked on it
1: yep 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 we'll get into all of that yep. Hawks in action tonight the Orlando Ledbetter's got a mock draft out that I think is pretty interesting we'll touch on and uh, actually starting the show today with some uh, breaking news uh, Doug Samuels uh, had this uh, on uh, from football scoop uh, Amy Zimmer uh, with WJCL following up on that report but will Harris. Uh, the Georgia Southern defensive coordinator is leaving to take a job with the San Diego Chargers.
2: Oh,
1: all right. So now the Eagles are and – we've seen this in college football recently with uh, Florida and Alabama and and, uh, Georgia Southern in the mix now too with losing uh, coordinators to assistant coaching jobs in the National Football League and, of course, with the NFL calendar. uh, You know, the Super Bowl was about a month ago, so they're still filling out their staffs at that level, and the trickle-down to the college is problematic because it falls right in the middle of uh, recruiting, and, and and in this case, spring practice. The Eagles, I know a lot of teams get started next Tuesday. The Eagles won't start until the following Tuesday, the 21st, uh, so that's 11 days out, but that's a heck of a crunch to try to find a defensive coordinator when you're less than two weeks away from spring practice starting.
2: Yeah, it really sucks for Georgia Southern. I mean, that's for sure, but I don't blame Will Harris. That's one of those situations you want to get to the pros as a coach, and for obvious reasons. But the really obvious reason is once you get there, now it's on your resume, and unless you do something really stupid, you know, like outside of work, uh, to to really mess your resume up, you'll always have a job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, always because now you've got assistant coach, whatever he's doing at uh, San Diego Char- or not San Diego, the LA Chargers, um, and I mean again. <laughs> I mean, always you can always go back to college, um, and with the money college assistants get paid. I mean, it, now, I mean, he's pretty much got it made. I don't blame it at all. Yeah, I would do it just for the resume.
1: Yeah, there's that, and, and you know, and I don't know, you know, what role recruiting plays in that, or, or Coach Harris' feelings about it. Um, he would seem to be a pretty hard worker on the trail, uh, trying to find some more talent for the Eagles. But you know, that's not something you have to deal with at the next level. It's all football. And, and you're seeing a lot of coaches leave the college game uh, and I think that's a, a, a there's almost like maybe a, a burnout factor where you know you know they, they may during the season it, it may be a six to midnight kind of job, but you know this time of year once the season's over, I mean you're doing your scouting and your workouts and all that but you know you, you don't have to take a call from a 16 year old you know at 10, 10 o'clock at right. night
2: well, you know George said better, better than I do. How good of a recruiter was he?
1: Well, yeah, to be honest with you, it's really hard to tell um, because he was only there for such a short period of time. Um, You know, he had a bunch that he inherited that I think, look, it wasn't pretty defensively at times this year for Georgia Southern. You could see the in-game adjustments. Um, You know, sometimes you just – I just don't know that he had the right mix of players just yet. And I was really excited to see what he could do after a couple of cycles to to get some guys in that that maybe fit his scheme a little bit better, specifically the linebacker spot. And uh, I, I think, you know, in that, the signing class, I think strides were made in that direction. So, I mean, I'd have to say pretty good, but it's really – he was there just such a short period of time, it's really hard to tell. Um, and as far as, you know, where the Eagles will turn now, we'll see.
2: Any idea where Georgia Southern is as far as what they pay? Um you think they'll be able to get somebody from a a bigger school or are they going to have to go fishing in a small you know uh a, this a time of year it's really here.
1: hard to say i mean maybe there's you've got your eye on a position coach uh that that's ready to make that step up to coordinator uh so you know the promotional aspect of it um maybe you just at this stage of the game you just go from within i i don't know i i, I, I this was um i mean i'll be honest with you the uh, – football scoop started putting this out there this morning i was alerted to it uh via text message um i mean i was i was already here at the station so it it was after nine o'clock uh it just uh so i mean this this really kind of came out of nowhere to be honest with you yeah i'm just being as transparent and honest as i can be i I got a text about it at 957 and that was the first i'd heard of it so (laughs) <laughs> I hope it's not
2: the first time the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that was my first I thought. I've like, been uh, letting him know, hey man, yeah, uh, I, I, that I've been was interviewing.
1: <laughs> that was exactly what my first thought was. It was like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. I hope Coach Helton did. Uh, um, so anyway, and, and obviously, you know, we'll learn more as we go along. Um, Georgia Tech has announced its uh, spring practice times. I, I think they had already announced that the game was going to be on April the 15th. You know, they had tried the Thursday night thing for a while, and it just didn't – it didn't have an impact. I, I, I can't say it didn't work because it wasn't from an attendance standpoint, it wasn't any different than the Saturday. But no,
2: there were more people <laughs> on the field than there were in the stands. <laughs> it
1: just didn't have an impact. No. Uh, so they'll have their first practices uh, on Monday, and uh, they'll practice on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and then it's spring break, and then they'll go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday – right up until that spring game uh, on April the 15th, which that's when most I think most teams are playing their spring game on the 15th. I know uh, Florida is, is going to be on the 13th, and then Georgia Southerns will be the next weekend on the 22nd. Uh, but that's the, the Jackets put that out there yesterday. And this, this one kind of snuck by me. I have to be honest with you. So I'm scrolling through Twitter today, and I see Georgia State sends out a recap of their spring game from last night. Right, <laughs> I, I and I, I, I just I did not I know a lot like Appalachian states already started their spring practice because they want to go a little bit early. I did not realize Georgia Southern. I mean, I'm sorry, Georgia State had started um, spring practice.
2: I assume it was at Turner, the old Turner Field.
1: Yeah, yeah, Center Park Stadium, as it's known now, and uh, yeah.
2: Again, attendance on the field was probably higher than attendance in the stands. Um. <laughs> Don't I don't. I don't know any Georgia State fans. You know. I, I mean. I can. I can name. You know. Of course, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Mercer. Heck, I can name some Kennesaw State fans. I don't know anybody that Georgia. That's a Georgia State fan.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean. The, the, yeah. I. I'm. I don't really know what to say. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I think. I, I mean, I've. You
2: may as well have told me that Central High School had their spring game I, last night. Really, they did. Yeah, well,
1: good for I, them. i, <laughs>
2: all right. I, mean, I yeah, hope I it went say. well. There were no injuries.
1: Yeah. You know. But and, uh, and a lot of schools like to do theirs early for that reason, in case there are injuries. Obviously, you have more time. Yep. To recover and get ready. So that's what Coach Elliott wanted to do. Yeah. I, look. I, look. They've got. Uh, you know. I, I think. I'm being as nice as I can be here, I think they've done a, a lot with what they have, considering it for many years was a commuter school and there's not really a campus uh, nope. to get the old Turner Field and, and they've got a little you know, complex, they're putting a baseball field out there, stadium, where the old Turner Field, or, I'm sorry, the old uh, Fulton County Stadium used to be, it's going to be on that site. Yeah, they upset um, Tennessee a couple of years ago. Yeah, they they upset you know? so Tennessee. So they, they're not. Uh, yeah, I mean they're. Uh, but it just for whatever reason, from a like butts in the seat standpoint, it's just it's not catching on. That's not it's not their fault. It just it's tricky sometimes. I don't know how you. Yeah. I mean, we we talk about you know. Um. Yeah, you, know, you mentioned the attendance for Georgia Tech, and and you know it's always for schools like Tech or Miami or Boston College. It's always different because you're in a pro sport sports town. So there's a, there's a lot to do in the city of Atlanta. So that's 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 a tough that's a tough road to hoe to get on the map like that. Yeah. That, is that was that nice enough? I'm, I'm trying. Uh, that was sweet, <laughs> Russ. Way to go! We're all proud of you. I'm trying. I'm trying to be a little gentler and kinder as I get older. Because I know
2: Georgia State's technically like one of Georgia Southern's rivals, right? But it's not exactly a burning rivalry that everybody in the state knows about.
1: Like I, I, hate I mean, that, Georgia
2: Southern, and Appalachian State. You know, most football fans know about that, right? Right. Exa- yeah.
1: It's 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 new. There, you know, and then the fans get in the debate. Um, you know where? Who's the real rival? You know, Appalachian State's the rival, not Georgia State. Well, yeah, yeah. If you if you if you can only have one primary rival, it would be Appalachian State. But I think, you know, it's it's like Jeff Densler says this about Georgia and Georgia Tech. Florida's the rival, but Tech's the team you don't want to lose to.
2: Oh yeah, I think um,
1: I think it's very similar to that.
2: I think I think it was actually Ray Golf that said a long time ago. Um, like in the early '90s, he said, "If you don't think Georgia Tech is one of our biggest rivals, wait till we lose to them once."
1: Yeah, and and because
2: you don't—you will not hear the end of it for 365 days. Believe me, as a Georgia fan, I know. Uh, 2014 and 2016—yeah, uh, two games Georgia never should have lost. Uh, we didn't hear the end of it for—we still haven't heard the end of it, really, and we've won five or six in a row. Uh, so yeah, um, that's correct. It's gotten to the point where, you know, it's almost getting to a point where Alabama might pass Florida as a rival because we're playing them a lot lately. Yeah, and um, and we finally beat them. Remember, you know, a rivalry means both teams win every now and then.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I think I, I've always said this. I think there's two types of rivalries. There's that one, like you're talking about with Georgia and Alabama, and it is, but it's not a traditional. Rivalry. Right. So in 10 years, it may not be a rivalry. Like, I don't, LSU and Alabama is not what it was 10 years ago. But then you have traditional rivals, which it doesn't matter what the record is or who's got the upper hand. It will, like Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, Florida, it'll it always be a rivalry no matter what.
2: Well, yeah, we've discussed this before. I mean, in the Georgia fan base, it kind of depends on where you grew up. Like, I got a buddy that grew up in Dalton, right? He hates Tennessee. Hey, I mean, it's actual. I, I, Burning passion, hate for Tennessee, and then you've got some that it's Auburn, you know, especially if you grew up in Columbus and in the west side of Georgia. Um, For me, my dad was a pilot in the Air Force, my mother's from Twiggs County, so you know that's home. But uh, for me, it's been Florida because of what happened in the nineties. You know, uh, when I was growing up, Georgia would beat Florida regularly when Florida had more talent. Well, that turned around. Uh, in the 90s and 2000s, it wasn't often that Georgia was as good as Florida, but they would still lose. Like 2002, Georgia had no business losing to Florida, yet somehow lost 20-13. to It's still one of those losses. It's probably the worst loss I've ever dealt with as a Georgia fan. Um, But again, it kind of depends on where you grew up. You know, in South Georgia, uh, you know, it's going to be Florida. You know, it's going to be the team you hate the most. So it just kind of depends. But if I had to say what... What's biggest? What's Georgia's biggest rival right right now? I'd say it's Florida, but Tennessee's making a push.
1: Yeah, that was fun. I have to say that that was kind of fun to see Tennessee kind of come back to life, and and the the game didn't live up to the to the build up. Uh, Georgia, it was a
2: typical Kirby game. Georgia squashed. It's almost them. like he designed yeah. it.
1: Yeah, no kidding. We jumped
2: out to what two or three touchdowns, then it started raining a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, and he, yeah. uh.
1: But that was, but the lead up to that was fun. That's you know rivalries. It's what makes sports fun. Yeah. Um. That especially at the collegiate level, there's nothing, nothing quite like it. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, D. Orlando Ledbetter has released a mock draft. He's with the A.J.C. of course. Very interesting mock draft. We'll get into that. Kind of go through it, and uh, then we'll open it up for some phone calls. That and more as we continue on the midday sports zone. Right after this. <laughs> Welcome back into the midday sports zone, Russ and Steve, with you here. It's urgent. It's urgent. Is that, that yeah? I, I don't. I don't recognize the f- songs at first like that i would like oh name that tune and let I me mean, unless it's something that i listen to con- all the time like i don't think i'd be very good at that show Oh,
2: i am man I, i'm a big trivia guy I, I think i mentioned it last week and and uh oh yeah I, I i love that kind of stuff where name the band name the song especially 80s especially 80s 70s yeah. and 80s uh 90s i'm good at and then after that music really started to suck. It you know, really so. did. <laughs> it
1: really did. I don't know. I mean, Sorry
2: millennials. <laughs> Your music's awful. <laughs> Hate to break it to oh, you. Oh. Uh,
1: I I will not disagree with you there. Um so D Orlando led better released a mock draft uh, on ajc.com. It is uh Dled's 1.0. So not 2.0 or 3.2 so it's his first shot at it yeah it's his first one
2: he's pretty informed though yeah
1: no he's one he's one of the best beat writers in the in in all of the league yeah he's good very fortunate as falcons fans to have him working for the ajc and uh and he, he likes to wait till after the combine which that's understandable and you can see that in his in his mock draft as you go through it um and there's some surprises here. So I just thought we could kind of go through the whole thing. We'll start with the Bears taking Will Anderson. Um you know, and and he says the Bears are going to are expected to bail out, but if they don't make a trade, Anderson is the pick. Uh and I think that's that's pretty accurate. Bryce Young number 2 to the Texans, which that's pretty standard in all the mock drafts you see. Number 3, and I've seen this a lot since the combine, and that's Tyree Wilson, the edge out of Texas Tech. Um He's been linked to the Cardinals more and more since the combine, and one of those guys that had a really good uh, go of it in in Indianapolis. Speaking of Indianapolis, he's got the Colts taking Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback. Um, and and even before the combine, I read stories and saw tweets that kind of indicated the Colts liked Will Levis a lot. So,
2: yeah, I've I've I saw a mock draft. I, I, I'm not even sure whose it was, but it was uh, Colts. Trading with the bears to take anthony Richardson um so I, that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all, yeah, I mean the colts have done that in the past uh so um sorry, I'm trying to catch up with you on the d orlando better let better than the actual um what you've got in front of you there. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, we'll just kind of go through <laughs> I can't here. see it. I'm, I'm I'm
1: about six feet away, and I can't
2: go. Oh, there we go. Oh, thanks, Russ. Appreciate help? you
1: turning the monitor. No me. problem. Uh, number five, he's got Seattle taking uh, Kalijah Kansi, and this is the first time I've seen him really uh, a mock draft that kind of reflects what he did at the Combine. He's the defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Um, he, and, look, it's obvious because because of two things, his size. I think he's like 6'2", 280. Uh, so kind of undersized, and where he played, Pittsburgh, he's been compared to Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was an undersized defensive tackle coming out of Pitt, and he went to the combine, and, you know, Aaron Donald put up numbers for a defensive tackle that haven't been seen since Elijah Kansi, right. defensive tackle out of Pitt. So not surprised to see him there. I am surprised at the next one, though. He's got the Lions taking Brian Brzee, the defensive tackle out of Clemson. Most mock drafts I've seen have him slotted way down, Yeah, that's kind of a
2: surprise to me, uh, especially with his injury problems. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not saying he wasn't really good. Um, and I mean, he was the number one recruit in the nation uh, in like 2019 or 20, somewhere in there. In fact, as a Georgia fan, we thought we were going to get him because his sister actually uh, played sports at Georgia. I think she was a softball player or track or something. But anyway, uh, he ended up picking Clemson and had a real good freshman year. Uh, but since then I think he's he's had some injury problems.
1: Yeah, yeah, Um
2: So yeah, that's a bit of a that's I wouldn't say a shock, but it's it's a surprise uh, that early.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the C.J. Stroud then falls to the Raiders at seven. I mean, if if you're a Las Vegas fan, I think you'd be doing backflips there. You need a quarterback. Derek Carr's moved on. Oh yeah. C.J. Stroud falls right in your lap. He, I, I'm just he's the best quarterback in the draft.
2: I completely agree if if Bryce Young was a couple of inches taller I'd say it was him sure um but just on Stroud's measurables and and what I've seen of him uh, you know I I agree I think he's the safest pick I'll put it that that's way that's
1: yeah yeah that's a really good way to say it so then the uh, Falcons are able to take Peter Skronsky the tackle out of Northwestern we've talked about him a lot versatility the most pro-ready offensive lineman in the draft
2: and I think Josh uh, um, yesterday, I think he had the same pick, yep,
1: right? he sure did. So
2: that's uh, – you know, once that starts happening with guys in the know, or at least who have intimate knowledge of the team uh, you know, covering it, that's, that's probably going to be the pick.
1: Yeah, and and look, again, I, I can't say it enough. With that versatility, uh, to be able to play all five positions, you know you're going to have to replace a left guard. Uh, you might have to replace a right tackle. Skronsky could be either of those, and it just makes that a little bit easier. So that leaves the uh, Carolina Panthers. I, I, I would imagine they'd be pretty happy with this too. Uh, Anthony Richardson falling all the way to number nine, and they're able to uh, really get a, a guy with the same skill set, same size, and the same potential. And, you know, that that P word is means you hadn't done it yet. Right. But the potential to be another Cam Newton for the Carolina Panthers.
2: Well, you know how I feel about Anthony Richardson, and I know how you feel about Anthony Richardson. I hope Carolina gets it. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think he's that great. He's got all the measurables, I, and, oh, he dominated the combine, and there's your there's your P word again.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it, like, I, and I, not, I hate to reference this guy because I, I don't think he's a very good person, but he said something once upon a time that is completely and totally true, and it's Urban Meyer. And he said, "Potential means you haven't done anything." Right. I mean, that's right. That's what I mean. At some point, we all have the potential to be an NFL quarterback. You know what a
2: good indicator is. <laughs> you know what a that? good indicator is on a player. I'm not saying it's a great indicator, but a good indicator. What do the opposing fans think of him? Yeah. Right. Are Georgia fans glad he left Florida? We're the no. meh. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, what did he ever do to scare us? Yeah. You know. I mean, or beat us. Nothing. Yeah. You know, and uh, if he was coming back to Florida, I wouldn't be sweating it in the least. Uh, so, you know, hey man, I, I wish you the best.
1: I hope you get a huge contract, uh, but uh, ain't scared. No, and and look, and I, I get the I get the combine. I see that I understand why he's going ninth. Um, I'm just glad the Falcons aren't in that market. And and look, if the Falcons, if that played out that way, and the Falcons took him with the eighth pick, I. You know, it it would make for a really good show on Monday. Yeah, and you know,
2: you know what's not at the combine? The Philadelphia Eagle yeah, defensive line right. coming at you while you're doing all of that.
1: Exactly, exactly. Uh, speaking of which, they have the tenth pick, uh, and D Orlando's got them taking Drew Sanders, the linebacker, out of Arkansas. Again, another guy that had a really good uh, weekend last weekend in Indianapolis. As far as the Georgia players in the mock, uh, Jalen Carter falling to thirteenth to the New York Jets. Uh, and and we've seen him twelve, thirteen, in a lot of these mock drafts. Broderick Jones fourteenth uh, to the New England Patriots, and you've got. Let me see. There was I think there was a couple more. Yeah, Keely Ringo twenty second to the Baltimore Ravens, and did Darnell Washington slip in here in his. Oh, I want to mention Jameer Gibbs. There he is, former Georgia Tech running back, uh, going twenty sixth to the Dallas Cowboys, and then yeah, he did Darnell Washington. 28 to the Cincinnati Bengals. And seeing that's the place right there at 28 where if I'm the Falcons, can you trade back into the back end of that first round and snatch him up? Because I just think he is the perfect like if Arthur Smith was going to get in a lab and design a tight end for his offense, it's Darnell Washington. Oh,
2: yeah, that would be perfect. And, and Georgia-slash-Falcons fans would be elated. Yeah. I mean, that would be really cool to be able to pull for him. And look at that, two picks down, Nolan Smith. That's right. That's five Georgia players again.
1: And that's, I, I think it's likely. I, I really do. Um, you know, as we get closer to the draft, I think you're going to maybe get more a, bi- a better sense of Jalen Carter because I've still seen him fifth. I've seen him 12th. Um, I
2: still think he goes top ten. Nobody's dropping He's him out talented. of the first round.
1: And seeing and that's the thing, it's it's that it's that talent versus you know what what happened. And I don't, I can't even say what you did because he didn't do anything. It was reckless driving and 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 racing. Um, I I mean, I, I'm not trying to be snarky here, but somebody kept calling it speeding uh, earlier this week. That it's not the same thing. Um, it's because you're putting other people's lives in jeopardy. You and, know?
2: Do you know what GMs in the top ten are? desperate gm oh
1: yeah no there's no question there's but but it's got to <laughs> be can you sell this to your fan base and you know, I it, it, hey, he's not Deshaun Watson, so it's it's not gonna. Be, but but there is. But we're in the social media world there's, where
2: there's a new toy every week, and people
1: forget. That's the thing. That's and that's that's kind of my point. Like, there's a long way to go before we get to the draft now and the season. But then you also have to remember too. It's not. I don't think it's just that incident. You remember what Todd McShay said, and then Jeremy Fowler's had some other things that he said. So there like there there's there's they're turning over rocks right now. And I think, you know, you keep turning over the rocks, you keep turning over the rocks, and then draft weekend gets here and you haven't found anything, Pfft, all right, yeah, I'm taking him fifth. You know, I right. think that's how that's going to work. And I'm
2: like Bill. I'm wearing the red and black glasses, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if, if he had played for Auburn or Tennessee or uh, Iowa State, I mean, yeah, I would probably, uh, you know, be going, well, you know, I'm not sure. But, again, that's what I'm saying is he's so talented and so and dominates games. You're to, I think there's going to be at least one GM in the top 10 that's going to go, you know what, we, we can't pass over this guy. And frankly, you know, there's not enough out there uh, to make me change my mind. Mm-hmm. I just think that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, he's too dominant.
1: Yep. Yeah. But on the flip side, if, you know, more things come out, then it's... Well, right. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Oh, I did want to mention this, and and Tate, uh, our, our friend, pointing this out on Twitter. Uh, the Vikings did release Adam Thielen this morning. Um, Tate thinks he'd be a good veteran receiver for the Falcons. I, I'm not saying no on that, but I take care of the speed component first. They need a speedy guy on the outside that can stretch the defense. Just the threat. It doesn't. It, we don't have to. Go get you know the the best receiver in the history of football. You just need that speed threat on the outside to keep the middle of the field open for 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 Pitts and uh, and Drake London. So, but you know, Thielen, if 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 the price is right, um, that'd be a good fit. He's done a tremendous job uh, with the Minnesota Vikings. It's a great story up there. He I mean, played at Minnesota State and uh, came on to be one of the um, one of the the, the the best receivers in that franchise's history. Um also real quick because I just saw this uh from Buck Rising the uh Titans are releasing Ben Jones uh the former Georgia player and I'm wondering oh yeah the center um hang on I I'm, I'm sorry uh, um, I
2: didn't know Ben Jones was with
1: the Titans. Yeah, he's 33. I was trying to. I was. I'm trying to get him on the Falcons in my head right now. That's what that, oh, okay. that pause was. <laughs> but I wanted to see the age first. He's 33, so I don't know. That may be a little mm. uh, on the wrong side of 30. But uh, that just came out as well. All right, we're gonna get to a break now. Four seven eight six four six ESPN is the number. Wherever you want to go in the world of sports is a okay with us. And we're back with more of the midday sports zone right after this. 11.34, Russ and Steve back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. The phone lines are open, 478-646-ESPN, wherever in the wide world of sports you want to go is fine. With us, the Hawks are in action this weekend. Starting tonight, they'll play the Wizards again in D.C. And um, good news is there's nobody on listed on the injury report. Uh, they're eighth in the standings. The I almost said Bullets. Wow, wow, I'm just, just going back in time today for some reason. I
2: guess so. I mean, the they, bullets haven't bullets
1: been, anymore. they haven't been the Bullets for like 20 years. And but so the like Wizards. Wes
2: Unseld was there.
1: <laughs> the Washington Wizards uh, the, are in 10th place. Uh, the Hawks are two games ahead of them. So, I mean, they this is, you know, jockeying for position a little bit.
2: They were the Wizards when Michael Jordan played for them.
1: Yes. Yeah. It, it's, they've been the Wizards for a long, long time. long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, hopefully they can win. It was a close game, entertaining game on Wednesday night. And I just, I like the things we're hearing from this team. There was a tweet yesterday from the Hawks talking about, uh, activate two way Trey. So, and you know, you can tell he's really starting to focus on the other side of the ball, which, and to me, it's, it's all about effort. You know, there are limitations on Trey Young because of his size of what he can be defensively, he can't – you can't do anything about that. You just have to live with it. But th- there can be effort. And and I. it seems like that effort level for him on the defensive end has gone up since Quinn Schneider took over, which is a great thing to see because Quinn Schneider is going to coach these guys hard and you want to see them respond in a positive way because – and I think, you know, having that game against Cleveland – with, when Donovan Mitchell, who played for Quinn Snyder in Utah, and Mitchell went out of his way to tell Trey, you know, you should be really excited. That guy made me the player I am today. Uh, that Trey can – because that's – I think that leadership is what's been missing in his career to take him from, you know, the potential to be a superstar player to actually becoming that superstar player. He scored seven points in the last two minutes of the game the other night and really kind of put the team on his back and, you know – he showed two years ago that he's capable of being that type of player during the playoff run. It's just the consistency hasn't been there, and, and hopefully that's what Quinn Schneider can help him find.
2: So what's their record right now, like 34 and 33?
1: 33 and 33.
2: 33 and 33. All right, so that's 66 games. That means there's 16 more regular season games, right? Mm-hmm. So where are they at? They're, they're the number eight. Eight. Right? Mm-hmm. How, what kind of lock do they have on that? I mean, who, who's behind them?
1: Uh, well, they've got like it's like a game and a half lead over the ninth place team and a two game lead over over the uh, Wizards. So it's I mean it's not, it's not a done deal that they're in this playing thing yet, and they can still maybe play get the sixth seed and and avoid it all together. Um, but it's 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 pretty tight there in the Eastern Conference. They've got uh their game and a half back of Miami, who's in seventh place. Uh, the Nets are in sixth place. They're four games back of them. They're a game and a half ahead of Toronto, who is in ninth, and two ahead of Washington, who's in 17th. So, pretty much, and the Knicks are are they're technically they're five games back in New York. That might be too far to catch. But from five to ten, they're all within t- seven games of each other.
2: Wow, the Knicks are going to make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, they're wow. five seed right now. <laughs> That's Thir- been a while. 39 and 29. Yep.
2: I've never understood why the Knicks don't dominate the NBA. I mean, you're in New York. I, 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 I'm really surprised they haven't had a big, like a big time name, like a LeBron or Durant uh, come in.
1: Well, they tried, they tried with Carmelo, but I just, it it didn't work. It just, it didn't work. So I think they're kind of going away from that. Uh, I, I think they're kind of going away from the superstar model a little bit. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is their coach and, uh, Tibbs wins, man, and it's not pretty, but they win.
2: Well, it's one of those situations where the NBA is better when your big market teams are good like that in Mm -hmm. New York. Uh, uh, That's kind of the home of basketball, really, Uh, you know, traditionally anyway. I mean, New Yorkers are crazy about basketball, and yet they haven't really had, between New York and Brooklyn, they really haven't had a great team there in a
1: long time. Yeah, man, it's been a while. It really has. It's been a while. Since Pat Riley coached the Knicks, yeah. I think. Cuz when I was a kid and they had that rivalry with the Pacers, man, that was awesome. Reggie Miller, Patrick <laughs> oh, Ewing, yeah. all those guys, John Starks.
2: Oh yeah. To, to watch, uh, you can go on YouTube and pull up uh, some of those uh uh documentaries on that with uh Reggie Reggie Miller talking about that and of course Spike Lee and all that. It's really it's really good stuff. Mm-hmm. It was good TV. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. it was. It was really good TV. It's uh, kind of nice to get some of that juice back in the playoffs. Maybe they'll have a series against the Seventy Sixers. That's about the closest thing I think to to a rival that they have. Or Brooklyn, I guess that that could happen. That might be fun. I don't know. Although Brooklyn traded, <laughs> got rid of their whole team.
2: Were you back in the eighties? Were you a Lakers fan or Celtics fan? Pistons. Oh
1: boy, <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you, Russ. <laughs>
2: so okay, the the way you think of Duke, that's how I thought of Detroit. I. I yeah hated the bad boys I could not stand them because I was a big Lakers fan okay again kind of in the same way that the Hawks always disappointed me so I wanted to you know uh, I had picked the Lakers over the Celtics and I, I loved all that showtime and everything back in the day I had a James Worthy poster and a, a Magic Johnson poster in my room. I mean, I just I loved the Lakers, and I hated the Celtics. I look back on it now, and I have way more respect for the Celtics now than I ever did back then. Mm. Um, in fact, it, it's funny to uh, like, again yeah, go on YouTube and, and look at the videos. All you got to pull up is um, Larry Larry Bird was a bad man, or something like that. And uh, it's funny to hear all the old school players. And even players today that look back at his videos and they go, whoa, we didn't realize how good he really was.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: But uh, those Detroit – I want to imagine Le, the LeBron style NBA now. These teams playing against the bad
1: boys. Oh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't last. They wouldn't make it to the end of the game. They would
2: physically wouldn't make it. They to would the end just of the go. Game.
1: They would just fold up their tent and go to the locker room.
2: It was WrestleMania almost every That's it. every game.
1: And people, it's funny you mention that. And then it's going to make sense now. People always ask, they ask me, you know, how, how did that happen? I'm not from Michigan. I've never even been to Michigan. I've never really even. Well, been –
2: Well, I graduated high school in Michigan, yeah. and my dad was stationed there. So um,
1: but I was surrounded by him. So I, you know, obviously I got into sports well, watching games with my dad, and like he loved the NFL. He every Sunday morning we'd get uh, get out a notebook and like write out the standings before the games and who was mm-hmm. playing who, you know, and stuff like that. Same thing and with baseball. We'd always take me to the Braves games. We love watching baseball, and um, he in college basketball. Dad loves college basketball, but he just. Meh nah, on the NBA. Didn't watch the NBA, didn't have a favorite team, didn't care anything for the NBA. Meanwhile, little Russ was loving some wrestling. <laughs> and here's this basketball team just beating the crap out of everybody. They really were. They were like a, a Hulk Hogan and, and uh,
2: you know, Andre the Giant and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it, those got Rick Mahorn.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Bill Lambier, yeah. I
2: hated those guys.
1: Oh, man, passionate hate. Yeah, Dennis Rodman before he went crazy. If I yeah.
2: give Michael Jordan anything, it's the fact that he killed the bad boys. He, he did. He ended all that. He, well, David
1: Stern did, but that's another Well, thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. No, he but, did. He did. And, uh, but, you know, and you mentioned LeBron and today's players, and I think that's – you know, for people that weren't raised in that era that didn't see it, if you watch the bad boys documentary – at the very end, Michael Jordan basically gives them credit for making him the player that he is.
2: Right, absolutely. Because
1: he was like, "I've got to beat these guys to beat them. I've got to get in the weight room and get bigger so I can take all that." Yep. And then the rest is history.
2: Well, and stop scoring sixty a game. I mean, you, you had he had to figure out how to get other guys involved in the in the game. Yeah. You know, because he was scoring sixty three and losing. Yep. yep. Uh, so yeah, that is that is true. They did make him a better
1: player. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, we got one on hold. Brian wants to talk to the NFL draft. Hang in there with us. We'll get to you on the other side. That and more as we continue right after this. All right, Steve, what, what is this?
3: <laughs> wow.
2: I, I don't know that I've ever yeah. heard this. I, I, um, this is 80s. Oh. Uh, I'm not, I am not. have I no have clue. To hear, so, I would have to hear the singer. Yeah, but, uh, I, have,
1: I have no Chris, clue. Chris,
2: where are we at? It's uh, Break the Ice. Don't ask me the singer. It was a bill of choice. Okay. All right. Break the go. Ice?
1: Break the Ice. Huh. All right. Look it up, Russ. You're quicker on it than I am. Well, I guess I might need to put in song. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's also an anime series.
2: <laughs> You're getting pickup lines. Uh, yeah. no, no, I guess
1: Britney Spears covered it. I have no idea, man. Yeah, I don't.
2: That's out of my will. It says there. it's the
1: it's the rad theme. Oh well, I should I I should have remembered uh, that because I used to watch rad when I was a kid.
2: Oh yeah, okay. it was about the
1: the BMX bikers.
2: Yeah, that's why you lost me then.
1: Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, you got to remember, in the eighties, I was in single digits. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, I was in the double digits. Right. For most of it. Uh, but no, couldn't get that one anyway
1: there you go um let's get to a phone call 478-646-ESPN brian is in warner robbins what's up man how you doing
0: hey guys uh messy day today isn't it yeah it is be careful out there yeah yeah i'm trying hey um i was just curious i um sent a midday show a tweet of a mock draft that i did and i was just wondering if you saw it and what you thought about it if you did a tweet.
1: I uh, think Russ, he, that's all you there. I think he, When did you send it when did you send uh tweet it uh Brian yesterday? I, I don't know if I saw that or not. I um I'm scrolling back. No, no, I didn't see that.
0: Yeah, uh, maybe I did. Something How did wrong. it start, Brian? Uh, well, that's all right, but it was it was a good draft. I uh I traded back three times and uh my first pick was at 31 where I took Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. But, uh, but just to sum up the draft real quickly, I had 14 total picks. I picked up uh, seven extra. I picked up six future picks for 2024 and uh, one for 2025. And I got everything. And, um, wow, I got you're like Aiden a virtual O'Connell Bill Belichick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got Aiden O'Connell. I got um, uh, A.T. Perry. Uh, And that uh, running back you uh, brought to my attention yesterday from Minnesota, that uh, Ibrahim. Yep, yep, yep. I got him. I got him late, but uh, it was a good draft. I was hoping you uh, saw it, and I was anxious to see what you thought about it. Maybe I might try to retweet it. Yeah, yeah. I was just curious
4: about that.
1: Awesome. Yeah. See if you can retweet it again, Brian. Hey, we appreciate the phone call. Um, Those things are those mock draft things are so, so much fun to play around with. I don't know. Where Dewan Jones ends up, but this dude is six eight, three hundred and fifty-nine pounds. He's a big boy.
2: What is he? An offensive tackle? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, he could probably that size, he could probably play guard too. And just you know, just get him in the way and
2: Well, if he's allowed to hold as much as he did in the peach bowl, he's gonna have a great NFL career.
1: <laughs> That's your Georgia take, everybody. <laughs> Uh that's pretty good. Yeah, we it's we got it. We'll start doing that uh more and more in April as we uh get closer to the draft. There's a, a few different sites out there where you can just uh do, have your your virtual mock drafts and play around with it and uh it it's it's a good way to kind of get you prepared, you know, for the draft. You know, there, there there's a lot of names involved and um but you know, you really start to get a a, a pretty good feel. I mean, they're not 100% accurate, of who could be where. We kind of talked about the finesse of it yesterday, you know, like uh, with with Ibrahim, for example, the running back out of Minnesota, you know, or, or the uh, Kuntz, the tight end out of Old Dominion, who's looking like he'll be a fourth or fifth round pick. You know, if you think you found that diamond in the rough, but you, you maybe other teams haven't found the diamond in the rough, you know, you don't want to spend your third round pick on it because you can get a third round caliber player, and then, you know, in the fourth or fifth round, you're still getting a third-round caliber player, so to speak. Right. Because uh, other teams are, are letting them fall. So that, that's kind of the – you can play around with it like that and kind of get a feel because, that's hey, that's what these GMs are doing right now. It, it,
2: it's amazing what the NFL draft has become as far as how big a deal it is now. I don't – you probably won't remember, but back in the, like in the early 80s, the NFL draft may as well have been the – college tennis draft you know I mean nobody paid any attention to it hardly at all Um, in fact so um, we moved to Robbins Air Force Base when I was 10 my dad got back in the Air Force and we moved on base and I got cable for the first time ever now you know ESPN started in 1979 right well when we when we moved when we got that cable I got ESPN I thought that was the greatest thing in the world I watched it constantly, and the thing is, they signed off at like midnight Mm -hmm. back then. So I remember watching the 1983 draft, and that's the one with Dan Marino, uh, John Elway, Richard Todd, and it it was like it was being held at an insurance seminar. (laughs) I I mean, it was very you know quiet. uh, The Oh, what was the commissioner's name at the time? Um, Pete was it Pete Rozelle? Pete Rozelle. Yeah, he would just kind of calmly walk up to the podium. Okay, like he's talking to twelve reporters.
1: Yeah, seriously. Oh yeah, I've, talk, I've seen Miami Dolphin, Dolphin select they Miami Dolphin
2: or, or select uh, Dan Marino. Uh,
1: that was a really good draft. No
2: applause, no nothing. Oh yeah, it was a big time draft.
1: John Elway, Eric Dickerson, Kurt Warner. Yeah, uh, Todd Blackledge, Bruce Matthews. Yep. Jim Kelly went. Jim in that Kelly, draft. yeah,
2: that was the other one I was trying to think of.
1: Um, and you mentioned God, Dan Marino fell all the way to twenty-seven. How about that? And then Daryl Green, who was a, a Hall of Famer with Washington, went twenty-eighth in that one.
2: That's what I am saying. That draft wow. today would be huge. I mean, they're all huge now, but uh, those kind of names, you know, I mean, is it, it was there was no fanfare back then. The NFL created a, a, a huge. You know, uh, turned it into a big deal. Yes. Um, and now, I mean, w- you know, we talk about it. nobody talked about it back then. Now we talk about it for weeks. Oh yeah. And then the night of, it's almost like the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. uh, You know, at least for the for the big fans.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. Seven Hall of Famers went in the first round of that drive. Yep. Incredible. I, and out of twenty eight picks, so twenty five percent. Even I can do that Matt. <laughs> we'll take a break for the top of the hour four seven eight six four six ESPN. Back with more right after this.
0: It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1.
1: Hour number 2 of the Midday Sports Zone. Russ and Steve with you this afternoon taking your phone calls at 478-646 ESPN. Anywhere you'd like to go in the world of sports is fine with us. And we'll kick this hour off with our man Ken from coming. What's up, sir? Well, just
3: watching the raindrops fall, and that's okay. I'm inside, so that's not a bad thing. Um, this isn't really sports related, but typically most of my calls aren't. I'm curious what your opinion is of daylight savings because you know it happens. It sucks. <laughs> it is so damn bad.
1: <laughs> it is the worst thing in I, the world. I, I look. I I'm looking forward to it because it's dark when I get home, and that's getting ready to change, so I can you know go for walks and stuff. You know, try to get you know stay in some kind of shape right. but I wish they would just leave it don't change it back
2: yeah spring forward and stop amen it's silly they did so, it for the World War one and World War two uh to, to save uh, resources uh, f- for light at the end of the day yeah uh, that's my so, understanding on it. it's not it wasn't for farmers which is what everybody always
3: No. Thinks. that's what you I was know, always told yeah no yeah. well no Steve's right Russ and here's the other thing that you guys may or may not know And I'm not going to get political in this. I'm just going to make a statement because it's true. Do you know the main reason why it has never, um, like, stopped? Is because Walt Disney, Walt Disney World, a hand to God. Because that extra hour of daylight, <laughs> they have people in those parks. I, I thought, thought, I thought it, Why I'm not just open
1: an hour earlier. I thought it was it's, the TCU mafia. Yeah, there's I, 24 I thought, hours. <laughs> there's, there's <laughs> there's, you see, now you're going to get me on a soapbox. There's 24 They're hours in a day. They're using it to frame, day. Bennett. Yeah. There's 24 <laughs> hours in a day. It doesn't matter. No like, and no that's no. what I never understood about the farmer thing. Like a farmer gives a damn what time it is. Yeah. <laughs> What's you just you get up with the sun, you go to, and you stop when it goes
2: down. And most farmers have tractors with lights on them now. Anyway, they they work at night
1: now, so you know. And I hate that crap. An extra hour? No, if you could get you don't get an extra hour. If you got an extra hour, it'd be twenty five hours in the day. And if you lost an hour, there'd be twenty three. There's still twenty four hours in the damn day. Or do you move up and <sighs> go backwards? I just
2: don't oh, like getting. Gosh. Home. I don't, uh. I don't like getting home at five thirty and it's dark. I, I, I that. just can't stand oh, I hate that. it. And I have other it's people horrible. that say, Well, I don't like driving to work at dark in the morning. I'm like, what difference does it make? You're going to work. You're yeah. in your
1: car. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Well, see, mm-hmm. and the other thing too, it's not as bad as it used to be. But when we were uh when we were on AM and did the show at iHeart, you yeah. I you go into the studio for the afternoon show at about two thirty. There's no windows in the studio. So oh, my no. day was basically done at two thirty. <laughs> because by wow. the time I came back out, it was dark.
2: The iHeart dungeon. So, anyway. Uh, no, I, I, Ken, what? I can't stand it. Uh, I, no, I, I, I It doesn't make any sense anymore. You know, it's like twice a year. Guess what? We tricked ourselves again. Yay, we're changing uh-huh. an hour. It's that's silly. Problem, huh? yeah, Stop. It is, and and I think the state of Arizona, they quit yeah, doing yeah, it a few a, years ago. There's a few ago. states. That, uh, yeah, there's a few. The whole so,
3: portion of southern Indiana uh, doesn't change either. It's Dillman, Arizona, and that's it. Everybody else has uh, to change. So. Uh, well, right. uh, well uh, if some. I'm, Oh, I'm sorry I got the, the blood pressure up. No, that's all right.
1: I'm okay. I, it's good for the – I needed a little jolt. <laughs> well,
3: and y'all have a great weekend. I'll see you soon. You too, right, Kevin. Thanks, buddy. Um, I, I
2: think – you know, they were talking about it on the uh, Dan Patrick show today, and there's some professor that's getting ready to go in front of Congress yeah. and testify about it to say, hey, look, it's not necessary anymore. Well, it's, it's actually affecting people. Yeah,
1: well, it, it, it's – it's, it can be dangerous uh, because, you know, you get into a rhythm, um, and, and they say that, like, heart attacks and stuff like that do go up when, the, when you spring forward. Um, but I've also started this new trend on Sunday nights that I call going to bed early. So <laughs> I probably won't. I'll have to try to. it. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a, I, I'm seriously, like, I try to hit the, hack, uh, the, the, the hay before 10 o'clock. That's my goal. Sometimes it's 9, 9.30, and then just sleep. And it and, and it just gets the week off to a good start.
2: I go to bed about eleven o'clock every yeah. night. That's just the, I've programmed myself
1: to do it. I, yeah.
2: I've tried to go to bed at like nine thirty, and you know what I do? I lay there till you get eleven up early. o'clock. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, you see, that's the thing. Well, well, for me, when I started this trying to go to bed early, because I'll sleep, I'll, I'll sleep about seven hours, so I'd fall asleep at like nine o'clock and wake up at four a.m. But then I have trained myself to go back to sleep. So. It works out. I don't
2: have that problem. Uh, if, if I'm comfortable, <laughs> I'm going to keep sleeping. I know I don't have to get up.
1: All right. Uh, let's get to the, uh, the the coaching list now. Stuart Mandel with The Athletic. These are always fun. He ranked the uh, the top 25 coaches. Uh, we'll just kind of focus on the, the top five here. And, uh, and right out of the gate at number five, he's got James Franklin, um, which is, by the way, just ahead of Ryan Day at six and Lincoln Riley at seven. But, you know he points out some things that I just I, I didn't realize like it, the first thing he talks about is what James Franklin did at Mandy which yes they they, they finished in the top I 25 can buy that. twice that's the only time they finished in the top 25 in the last 60 years
2: he actually managed to beat Florida Georgia and Tennessee in the same season yeah and not win the SEC East. <laughs> it was Missouri won it
1: yeah that's right it was Missouri um so you know that that deserves a, a, a he deserves a ton of credit for that. Um, but then what he's done at Penn state, I, I, did not realize, um, the success that he's had, I guess, because the expectations, it's like, well, if you can win nine games at Vanderbilt, you're going to go win national championships at Penn state. You'd think. Um, but it says here, uh, he, he took over a Penn state program that was gutted from hefty sanctions and by year three led the Nittany Lions to a 2016 big 10 title. And, um, he's had, and I did not realize this four top 10 finishes in the past seven seasons. So, you know, I, I, I warranted. I, I mean, he hasn't had – it's hard for me with Ryan Day because they're not just in the same conference, they're in the same division. And Ohio State's kind of got the Big Ten, you know, and Michigan too as well kind of locked up. So I was surprised to see him ahead of Ryan Day. But you know what? If you do factor in that stuff at Vanderbilt, it, I guess it does make a little bit of sense.
2: Yeah, and, and guess who he had committed to him for a little while? Uh, I think in 7, you know, 17 was Justin Fields.
1: Wow, that's right. That's Fields right. Fields was
2: going to Penn State and then Kirby talked him out of it. That's right. And um personally I wish he would have just stuck with Penn State. <laughs> it would have saved Georgia a lot of Georgia fans a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um but yeah, if he had gone to Penn State, I think he would have been pretty successful there you know, as, as as at least as successful at Ohio State. Yeah. Um well, I don't know, but Penn State may not have had I mean, he was surrounded by five stars at Ohio State, but I think James Franklin still would have made him pretty, pretty
1: successful. Oh yeah, yeah. But I think I think water so. in the bridge. Yeah, the two national titles kind of helped soothe all that, right?
2: <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> With a quarterback nowhere near the measurables of Justin Fields. Yep,
1: there you go. Uh, number four is Jim Harbaugh, um, and you know he points out something that I think you have to give coaches a ton of credit for. Uh, he said, Harbaugh made some shrewd staff moves and had some hard conversations that led to a revamp of how the program operated. It has made a huge difference. In 2021, he led Michigan to its first Big Ten title in 17 years and a number three ranking. And, of course, uh, this past season, they beat Ohio State, and won the Big Ten again, and 19-1 uh, and one in the Big Ten in the past two seasons. And here's, um, here's the thing about this that stands out, and Ed Orgeron comes to mind as well, with what how, basically he just turned the LSU offense loose in 2019 and said let's go outscore people. You know, when you see those coaches that are willing to get out of their comfort zone and change it up, I think uh, Dabo Sweeney, he's always been a higher from within guy, but went out and got Garrett Riley right after the season to be his offensive coordinator. I, 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 I have a lot of respect for guys that do that because that cannot be an easy thing to do. To I mean you're you're having success. It's not like Michigan was bad, but you're just not. It's not at the level where it needs to be. So you are able to look within and say, I'm going to do this differently because it's not. You know these these coaches are pretty stubborn sometimes about this is how you win. This is how it works. But if those guys are able to say, Hey, we're not winning. You know Alex Anthopoulos talks about self evaluation all the time. It's it's a really important thing, and you know? I think he deserves a ton of credit for that.
2: Well, once Harbaugh stopped being so mouthy. Like he was a few years ago and and remember all that stuff where he was having camps down here in the south oh yeah um and re- kind of needling the you know SEC fans um you notice you don't hear that anymore he started he refocused away from that I think he realized that uh, that wasn't the way to go uh, he needed to concentrate more on what he was doing back home mm-hmm. um and he's brought him around look just beating Ohio State twice in a row yeah I mean. That has changed the program big time. And, again, you know, I went to high school in Michigan. I still have a lot of friends, you know, that I talk to that are Michigan fans. And they're elated with where they are. Now, you know, losing to TCU was <laughs> gut-wrenching for them. But at the same time, finally getting getting over on Ohio State was just a big deal for them. It's kind of like for Georgia when we finally got over on Florida, um, you know, in the early 2010s. We finally started beating them regularly again. Um, even though we weren't winning national championships hey at least we finally changed that
1: narrative yeah yeah no doubt uh number 3 dabo Sweeney at clemson um you know he's got the two national titles and you know they they have slipped a little bit but it it's it's this is this is that year where you know when you look at that michigan ohio state tier like the, you've got the alabama georgia tier right right and i think you know is is this where Clemson starts to slide down even further below them, or does bringing in Garrett Riley make a huge difference with that offense, and they get back to being the Clemson Tigers? It's, I just, you know, I just wish uh, my favorite football program could win, go ten and three, and have people ask what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right. It must be nice. <laughs> yeah,
2: rich man's problems.
1: Uh, and then uh, to wrap up the list, Kirby Smart number two, uh, Nick Saban number one, uh, and uh, from the twenty twenty one rankings. Uh, Dabo had been number two. Kirby obviously has jumped that with back-to-back. And this is hard. This is – I'm going to say it. I mean, Nick Saban, first of all, Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. Oh, I totally agree with that. I I don't think there's an argument. Uh, It's because there's a lot more dispersion of of talent compared to uh, when Bear Bryant coached. Um, and, And, frankly, there's a lot more people playing football than 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 there were well back and you in got
2: nil now and, and I mean there's just the transfer so many
1: portal there's a lot more portal. challenges right now and, and longer he, season yeah but I'll say this if Georgia wins three in a row I mean well I mean you had I mean that hasn't been done since the 30s it's that's almost 100 years ago right I mean I, I that, that that hasn't I mean, World War II has happened since, since <laughs> yeah. the last time and he's doing
2: it in the playoff era.
1: And it's exactly, and it, it would. And
2: the SEC championship game era. Remember, Bear yeah. Bryant never had to deal with an SEC right. championship game.
1: So if Georgia can win three in a row, I mean that would be uh, just historic. I, I mean, just absolutely historic. And I, you know, we'll see. I, I'm not. We'll, the Seasons still a long ways off, but I mean, I don't, I don't see anybody in the East threatening them. I mean, maybe Tennessee, but I don't. I mean, I'm not Tennessee to me right now is still a one hit wonder. And, and and I say that because of what we saw happen at LSU. Now, Tennessee hasn't had a mass exodus, exodus of people like LSU did in 2019. And if they follow it up, then, you know, put the stamp of approval on it. But, you know, it's just odd to me how programs in college football are looked at differently. You know, um, you know TCU, they're gonna, people in their minds are, oh, well, they're going to go away because they got beat so bad. But Tennessee is going to be back. Like you watch when the rankings come out, Tennessee will be in the top ten. Like I, I think it's a little bit premature, but you know they could follow it up. But I just I don't think anybody in the East is ready to to knock Georgia from that perch.
2: No, and with the recruiting classes, Kirby's been stacking. So the SEC dominates all conferences because of the depth, the depth they have of talent. Uh, well,
1: no, the teams at the top do. No, I wouldn't say all fourteen teams in the SEC 14, do that. Not all fourteen. I'm just saying yeah. for
2: the most part, most teams. I mean, go look at any NFL draft. Um, yeah. You know, look I know what you're going to say when I say this but go look at the bowl records before players started opting out uh, you know um, depth at the end of the year makes a big difference that's why you'll see some of these big upsets early in the year because a lot of teams have a good first string uh, but by the time you get the 6th, 7th game of the year a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of injuries yeah. and they just don't have somebody to back it up Georgia I mean
1: but see I would put Tennessee in that category
2: Right, yeah. Heupel still haven't... Look th- at
1: Tennessee at the end of totally the year last agree. year. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, they... Lo- I mean, well, and just losing your quarterback.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: you know, that's... For me, for Georgia, that's the biggest loss is losing Bennett. I don't care how much you have coming back. You replace your quarterback, it changes... I mean, it changes the chemistry big time. Mm-hmm. Um So... Uh, yes, I agree with you on Tennessee, uh, but I was going to say with Georgia and Alabama, one of the reasons they've dominated
1: so much because they have
2: so much depth. Mm-hmm. Somebody, no, uh, Nolan Smith goes down, Robert Beal steps up. Yeah,
1: you don't even blink an eye. Yeah, but, I mean yeah. it's it just it's 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 incredible what he's done, like you said. All right, we got to take a break. Phone lines are open 646 ESPN. We got one on hold hanging there with us. Kirkland back with more right after this. It's, who gave Chris creative freedom again?
2: Wow, is this Dennis the Young? You said it was a member of Stick, so it's not Desert Moon.
1: Nope. <laughs> Playing Name That Tune on the program today. I've never heard this song in my life before. I don't know, but it sounds
2: like a song that would have been on the soundtrack for like Up the Creek or something, or Meatballs. Or
1: like one of those Disney teeny bopper shows. But it's 80s. Girls
0: with guns.
1: Oh, okay.
2: You know, it's a song that's playing while Scott Bayo is uh, uh, (laughs) water skiing (laughs) with his girlfriend or something, you know. Remember the movie Zapped?
1: All right, that that game's over. We're not playing that game anymore. (laughs) What is it? he said it was ca- called girls with guns
2: oh by to- tommy shaw oh wow oh, yeah. i'm sorry i don't remember yeah. that one yeah we're not. but again it sounds like every 80s soundtrack yeah. uh, from a comedy movie yeah
1: that was that was bad Four seven eight six four six espn Kirkland is in making. what's up man <laughs>
4: hey how you guys doing today what's up K <laughs> hey hey yes TV yeah hey man um two quick things today man um I mean, I think Brad Powers is talking about this minute's value going to be like the fourth round and stuff. I thought it'd be a little higher, but I mean, I listen to Brad Powers a little bit. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, and, and that right now I get your opinion on that right now. And also, the Braves. I think the Braves are going to benefit from the shift being the standard shift now, like it was before, because this team got a lot of hard hit balls last year, and they didn't find that hole. But I think this year they're going to find that hole. I believe the Braves can win more than a hundred games a year, especially with the pitchers looking, looking in the spring. So, um, yeah, man, I'm um, just thinking that's going to benefit the Braves big time, man, with the shift being standing night You have a, guys have a great day. All right, you Thanks, too, Kirkland.
1: Kirkland. Have a good weekend, man. Good no, I you. think Matt Olsen in particular, um, uh, you yes. know, he's going to have some ground balls find their way into the outfield. So I think his average is going to be up – excuse me, be up there. And, and not just with the Braves. I think somebody's going to, like, chase 400. I think we could have a legitimate into August, September, a guy batting, you know, like 391 or something like that possible um which yeah. is is you know and i wonder too with with the, you know i, I know there's a, a heavy statistical influence on the game which is really what caused all the 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 need if you will for all these rules changes um i just i, I wonder if batting average is going to be more emphasized now because it it almost had gotten to a point where all they cared about was on base percentage but you know i, I think there's something to putting a ball in play <laughs> versus a wall you know i you know, there's not going to be an errant throw on a walk. You know, nobody's going to score on a walk unless the bases are loaded.
2: And I imagine switch hitters become more valuable now. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, like Ozzy Albie's. I mean, I, I got to think now that he can pull that through the right side. Um, I mean, I guess it works on both sides, but um, where you normally see the shift is to the right side, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, normally I would think. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Matt Olson and uh Freddie Freeman, I gotta think, are gonna benefit big time from the shift. Yeah. Not being there.
1: Yeah. Um and you know, as far as the Stetson Bennett draft stock, uh that's it's it's tough. I mean, I, I think he did himself a lot of favors uh at the combine. There's a there's there's a website that kind of follows this stuff, and if you go back to February you know, it was considered you know, he had well. He didn't throw at the Senior Bowl, and he had the incident in Dallas, so his, his stock was definitely dropping um, after the combine. I'm thinking of uh, I, I don't think we're going to see him pick till Saturday, but it could be early in Saturday, and like you know, like early fourth round. But he'll be a fourth or fifth round pick more than likely.
2: More than likely, but as much as I love the guy and appreciate what he's done for Georgia, it wouldn't surprise me if he's not picked at all. Really? Yeah, yeah. I just. I, I get that feeling that it's going to happen, you know, especially after you pulled that in
1: Dallas. It's like, dude, come on, yeah. man. Well, and I think you – know? I mean, it's just like – and and it <laughs> sounds like age discrimination. You're already 25. Don't give them anything else. Correct. And, you know, if Stetson Bennett was 21 years old and had done, had three years of college with two national championships, you're, you you could possibly see him – Talked about as a first round pick. I fully, I really do believe that. But that's not. He, but he's twenty five years old. He'll be, I think, twenty six when the season's rolling along. Yeah. So I mean, th- th- that's already going to give teams some hesitation. I mean, that almost pigeonholes you into. And I'm not saying this is how the career plays out, but scouts and front offices just saying, but sight unseen, that's a backup quarterback.
2: Right. That's a clipboard quarterback there.
1: So don't give them anything else. And and he did. But now. When he was asked about it at the combine i I really appreciated the way he answered the question, and he the way he answered the question was almost like, uh, you know you guys are asking me about this in terms of how it may have hurt my football stock. I'm more concerned about the reflection it had on my family right and, and I was like okay wow that's that's a that's saying something to me right there like okay that that sounds like somebody said had had one of those moments where you're like man i I gotta be careful i, I that can't happen again, you know." Right. I think. I mean, I, if we're being honest, I think we've all been there, right? Absolutely. So,
2: especially he comes from a small town where everybody knows his family.
1: Yeah. Yep. So. So you know, I think he he, he did himself a lot of favors last weekend in Indianapolis. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, we'll go ahead and take a break. Four seven eight six four six. ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. And we're back with more of the midday sports zone right after this. 12.30, Russ and Steve back with you here on the Midday Sports Zone. Phone lines open at 478-646-ESPN. I uh, wanted to mention a few things uh, that we uh, didn't get to there in the first hour, and that is uh, with college baseball going on this weekend. Obviously, there's some weather today and expected to be some weather on Sunday. Georgia is 10-3 uh, and 3 on the season, off to a very good start. Uh, just won that series against Georgia Tech last weekend. They're going to host Charleston Southern. Now, today's game is on as scheduled, and in the Macon, Warner Robinson and Savannah markets, you can hear it uh, at 7 o'clock. As soon as we're done this afternoon, we'll have the conclusion of that and then roll into the Hawks game from there. Um, now, a bit of a change in that tomorrow's game will be a doubleheader. I uh, haven't seen an official uh, time set. Um, the, 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 the first game is going to start – as scheduled at 2 o'clock, but they're going to clear the stadium and, and then have another game. So I think you'll probably get a set start time for game two tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, if we see that, we'll definitely let you know. Georgia Tech AC- opens ACC play this weekend. They'll host Notre Dame. The Jackets off to an 11-2 and start, so a very good start for them as well. And uh, Georgia Southern will host Rutgers this weekend. The Eagles are 7-6, and and tonight's game has been moved back to 7-30 to give the uh, the rain time to clear out and <clears throat> get everything dried out. So we're off and running in a college baseball season, and for the Bulldogs and the Eagles, this is their last weekend series before conference play starts, and Georgia Tech already getting into conference play. So we're getting into the thick of it now. Rock and roll. Loving it. I, I just uh, I can't wait to go home and watch a little bit of the Eagles tonight, man. I, I, I really do enjoy. How are you going to watch them? Uh, ESPN Plus. Oh, all right. Yep. Oh, the, I
2: forgot about that.
1: Yeah, it's um I you know, it was one of the big like swings and misses I've had. Um because I was like I'm already paying for ESPN, why would I pay extra for ESPN plus? I I'm not going to do that. And then I have Hulu Live and and so they did a promotion where basically you get that with your Hulu subscription now. Oh, so cool. So I just started right. getting it. And like all this stuff, all the especially if you know, especially if you're into college baseball, uh, lacrosse um you can watch all your basketball teams basketball games and especially if you're a fan of a school that's not on tv all the time well you are now
4: <laughs> so <laughs> right. that, was,
1: that was a big swing and miss for me i should have been paying them the five bucks a month the whole time and i think with this new e, uh, sec deal with espn they're going to start putting some of the sec football games on espn plus to try to you know promote it a little bit
2: right well that's the way to go that's cool and and you know speaking of that or the, that that kind of thing I didn't realize that uh, there's a thing called the National Federation High School Network, um, and they're they're starting to put cameras uh, it, on these sp- sport sporting fields or however you want to call it, like football field, basketball courts. Mm-hmm. They're starting to put those in at high schools that sign up for it, and it actually tracks motion. And so, very that, cool. It's yeah, and uh, like my wife teaches at Ace, and my girls go there. Um the athletic director was telling me the other day that they just signed up for that. So they're gonna start having they're gonna have the cameras on the football field, baseball, basketball. Like I said, it tracks motion and it'll stream and you'll just be able to, you know, click on it. And I guess this NFHS, I guess they sell advertising and then it'll have like the logos and stuff on the stream. I, I mean that's that's got I figure that's gotta be the way they're gonna pay for it. Yeah. But uh it's pretty cool. Um and uh so, I mean, I, I I figured it would do something like that adventure. It's so popular. I mean, you know, you got a grandmother, or grandfather that lives a hundred miles right. away that can't make it to the game. Right. They can always click on it.
1: Right. Like um, well, with my kid, I mean, his his grandparents live in Charlotte, so they can't be here for all the, the stuff. So to be able to watch it like that would be really cool. Right.
2: We use uh right now. We use an app called Game Changer for our girls' travel ball softball, and, uh, and Ace uses that too for baseball and softball. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I use my phone to string him all my girls. Uh, softball games and there's usually at least you know six to eight parents that can't make it to the game that you you know they have other kids that are right other sports or something and they want but they want to keep up it's a it's a way for them that's really cool yeah to watch it and uh you know so yeah i'm glad this nfhs is doing that Um, it'll be nice to be able to you know watch a game if you're not able to make it
1: yep there you go um getting back to uh the the conference tournaments now in basketball uh yesterday a, a fun day really at the SEC tournament. Uh, the real only blowout was uh Tennessee's win over Ole Miss 70 to 55. So they move on to today's matches. Uh the Mississippi State Florida game. The Bulldogs win this one in overtime 69 to 68. And you know, I wonder if Florida finishes the year 16 and 16 and 9 and 9. I wonder if there there's any remorse about moving on from Mike White. Didn't he leave them? Well, I think it was kind of mutual. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it
2: seems to me there were a couple of Gator fans that I know who said, yeah, we're, we're not going to miss him. Yeah. Um, Indiana fans said the same thing about Tom Crean. <laughs> <laughs> I got a buddy here in uh, town, Kevin, who's uh, from Indiana. And I remember when Georgia hired Tom Crean, he, I was talking to him about it. And he was saying, Steve, I'm telling you, this is <laughs> not going to work. And I'm like, wait a minute. He was like Big Ten Coach of the Year. Yeah. He won a, a Big Ten title. I am no, I'm telling you. He yeah. had a ton of talent and still couldn't you know, do well in the tournament. So, anyway, um, yeah, um, I, I, I've heard enough to where I don't think the Florida fans miss him.
1: Yeah, yeah. But he's, um, he's
2: still one of the better coaches Georgia's had to this
1: point. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, watching the game against LSU, I know they didn't win, uh, but the adjustments he made at halftime worked to get Georgia back into that game. It's just he, he's got to hit the portal to get a couple players, I think. Arkansas beat Auburn seventy-six to seventy-three, so a little bit of an upset there. Although they were, you know, both twenty and twelve. Uh, Arkansas went eight and ten in conference play. Auburn ten and eight, so pretty evenly matched. And then Vanderbilt knocks off LSU in the nightcap. So you got uh, it cranks back up at one o'clock this afternoon. Mississippi State will take on Alabama. Uh, Alabama, obviously, the favorite to win this tournament. Uh, Tennessee and Missouri at three o'clock. Arkansas, Texas A and M at seven. And then tonight you've got Vanderbilt and Kentucky going at it. That's in the SEC tournament. In the ACC tournament, uh, they got started a day earlier, so they had their quarterfinals last night. Virginia beats North Carolina. Miami edges Wake Forest, 74-72. Duke pummeled Pittsburgh. There's that word again. Yeah, Six- drubbed. <laughs> Nine- <laughs> drubbed, 96-69 to in Clemson. I mean, just took NC State to the woodshed. I
2: watched that game last night. Daniel Shirley, if you're watching or if you're listening or, or you're watching somehow, uh, I stayed up and watched that game last night. It was close till about maybe 15 minutes left in the second half, and then Clemson just turned it on. I mean, they really pummeled uh, NC State, like you said, <laughs> uh, or drubbed, however, whichever term we want to use today. So if they play like that, I think Clemson's got a good chance of winning the tournament.
1: Yeah, they'll take on Virginia tonight at 930 uh, in in the second semifinal. Duke and Miami go Canes in the uh, first semifinal. So there you go. Uh, uh,
2: Something else that was on the ACC network last night. I was just flipping around, and it was uh, the ACC tournament, a history of the ACC. And, man, they had – the you know history there the, was the eighty to eighty nine mm-hmm. and then they had ninety to ninety seven and that was really in my wheelhouse yeah. from back in the day. It really brought back some memories. I, I it was cool to kind of feel that emotion again.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, from some of those tournaments, uh, like I said, in the late eighties and early nineties, yeah, where I I mean I watched it intensely. It was
1: I mean I college basketball thirty years ago was I mean it it peaked right. I mean it, it was just
2: and I and I was reminded that as great as Christian Leitner was, he only won one ACC tournament. One, 1992, his senior year. Uh, In 89, they lost to North Carolina. In 90, they lost early to Tech, who won it. And in 91, they got blown out by North Carolina in the final. And uh, it was one of those, like, oh, man, that was painful. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, in fact... uh, you know sjesski he's won something like 15 acc titles or something but he won like 7 out of 8 in the 2000s um he kept finding a way to kind of blow it when he should have won it back in the uh, late 80s and 90s but anyway it was just kind of cool to watch yeah. that it, it, it's full, it's cool to kind of feel that old emotion yeah. again that you don't feel anymore
1: right yeah. I mean, it was i mean it was a, a different sport back then it yep. was just it was just better i don't i don't know how else to say it Four seven eight six four six ESPN Joe is in making. Hey Joe. Hey, good afternoon, fellas. How are you? Good,
2: good man. How are you?
3: Doing great, doing great. A couple things real quick. One, um, we were talking about Mike White leaving Florida, and um, I had heard he even gotten some death threats down there. I mean, can you oh my gosh! Play? Could you imagine having to play on Billy Donovan court? I mean, the guy you replace basically. I mean, yeah. you're not going to live up to that. Yeah.
2: Now, now,
3: getting it going. But also, hey Russ, you're talking about ESPN Plus, which is terrific. Um if, if I don't put a kind of a little plug in here, um, Mercer lacrosse, the women's lacrosse team, uh, and they're on ESPN Plus a lot. They're 3-1. They're playing at home on Sunday against Manhattan. And I don't know if fans out there, I mean, really, lacrosse is a fun sport to watch. You also come check it out, at Mercer, you know, at Five Star Stadium.
1: Yeah, hey, hey, Joe. Appreciate the phone call. I've, I've been
2: to a couple of games in the past.
3: It's
1: would, been a little while, but no, nah, nah, I'd have to do some research. I, I, I don't know the other than you know you've got the net and the ball, right? And mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you sling it. I'm not. You can go behind the goal. I know that. Yep. But I'm not sure what all the rules are. I, I don't know that, that I would know what I was watching. Right.
2: I wish I could have played it. I never had the opportunity. But it's kind of like rugby for me. I still have no idea what the full rules are. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm still not really sure.
1: Uh, what, what is it again? A swing guy? I, 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 there, there are a few sports out there. I, rugby I'm okay at. Uh, you, you, I know you can't you, you can't punch it forward. You can't lateral it forward. Um, I think touchdowns are four points points and the extra point is three or maybe it's five Something and two like that. yeah uh, um and then so i have a little bit of an idea what's going on there lacrosse i have no clue cricket i have absolutely no idea what's going on <laughs> um they're just not my cup of tea
2: and cricket's one of the biggest sports in the world yeah well basically like in india and well, uh, britain and some other places but well, yeah i have no clue what's going well, on Well,
1: we made it better and we call it baseball. <laughs> right? So so there you go. It's like okay.
2: soccer. We made it better, but
3: kept, <laughs> co- kept calling it football.
1: Oh, this soccer I do understand. I know what's going on there. We'll take a break. Four uh, seven eight six four six 646 espn if you want to jump in here. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we're back with more right after this. 12.45, Russ and Steve. Finishing up here on this Friday afternoon. The phone lines are open four seven eight six four six espn from Tate on Twitter. This is funny. Cricket is the single most boring sport of all time. <clears throat> Excuse me, of all time. The fans literally take naps during the game or match or whatever it's called. I only know this because I went to a brewery once and the bartender was Indian and had every single TV on quick cricket. Never went back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was – Flipping okay. around, no, and I'm I'm serious now. I, I'm, I'm I was flipping around the uh, channels. It was it was like a Saturday morning? And I saw that. I mean, all, and again, there's, there's everything on the, under the sun is on ESPN Plus, and there was a cricket match on. I think it's a match, a game. I, I, it, it was happening, a cricket event. Anyway, I, so I I I, started, I clicked on it like, and I, I did. I sat there and watched like ten or fifteen minutes. And I have just no, absolutely no earthly idea of what's going on. There's like a, there's like a box that they're standing in front of, and the, the, these two people are just running back and forth. And there's people in the outfield, and I don't think there's any foul territory. I think it's just a giant circle. And I just, I just made me miss baseball. <laughs> I think it'd be more fun to go to a bait shop and watch. Crickets. <laughs> uh just listen to
2: the dulcet so dulcet tones of the crickets
1: <laughs> yeah that's
2: that's Then <laughs> actually uh, watch cricket yeah. i'm sorry to anyone out there that's a big fan
1: yeah uh, no i i think yeah that's that's better use of a cricket definitely at the at the bait shop i, I would i would agree with that so uh just want to remind folks coming up tonight um the 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 baseball for everybody, I think this rain's supposed to start moving out right about now, so we should be good to go there. We'll have the Georgia game on for you here in Macon, one Robinson, Savannah at seven o'clock. So uh, and catch the tail end of that one, and then we'll join the Hawks in progress. Everybody else will get the Hawks, and uh, so that's what's coming up tonight. We got uh, Braves baseball this weekend. Uh, the twelve fifty five start for Saturday and Sunday. Uh, and, of course, we'll have the uh, Georgia doubleheader tomorrow as well in the markets that have that. And then the Hawks tomorrow night. And uh, so that's what's coming up. So, the, And the Hawks will play tonight, tomorrow night, and again on Monday. So, you know, after the All-Star break, it starts really ramping up in the NBA. And these are some cru- crucial games. They're trying to – it would be incredibly disappointing if this team was not at the very least in the play-in tournament. I mean, the play-in tournament from the preseason expectations is is a disappointment, but – Falling all the way out of it would absolutely stink. You have got to be in the mix. I know you don't care as much.
2: Who are we talking about again? The Hawks. Nah, no, no, I'm just
1: kidding.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm watching some crickets over here in the corner. It's pretty entertaining. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, you you got to at least make. You got to get in at this point. Don't screw it up. Yeah. Uh, we need something to build on going in in the next
1: season. No doubt. Uh, real quick from Field Yates. The uh, Dallas Cowboys have restructured the contracts of Dak Prescott and Zach Martin, and by doing so have freed up nearly $30 million in cap space. Wow. So that's And
2: I that's, think Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott uh, volunteered to take less money too, didn't yeah.
1: he? Yeah, I think they're going to move on from him. I, I think you could see Dallas draft a running back to go with um, uh, Porter uh, in the draft. Uh, and with the the Orlando led better than one we had today. In fact had the Cowboys taking Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama and formerly Georgia Tech.
2: Or maybe he'll take Bijan Robinson. Maybe it's, yeah, it's from you, Texas. I mean, uh, you know.
1: that, I mean I I don't think the Cowboys are in really in a position to be drafting a quarterback in the first round, but it's the Dallas Cowboys. So
2: this is true. They took I mean, Quincy the f- Carter, um, <laughs> so can't trust them on that end ever.
1: Well, I mean, look, I, I never thought I'd say this in my lifetime, but since Jimmy Johnson left, the Falcons have been a more successful franchise than the Cowboys. Oh
2: boy, what a dig! That's, Dang, that's Russ. true. It's true. Now the phones are going to light up. Because,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it, it, we we take our shots at the Falcons because I mean, it's if if you've lived and died with this team, for I mean. They've been to two more Super, Bow- Super Bowls. That's right. They've been to two more Super Bowls, but they, they, I mean, there's been a lot of disappointment and a lot of head scratching. So, it, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's unwarranted, but, you know, a lot of jabs get taken at the Falcons. But, you know, that that's one thing, you know, for the older folks, we can say, hey, you know, we've had a better run the last couple of decades.
2: The Cowboys are like the Yankees. They're proof that just because you have all the money, it doesn't mean you're going to win all the titles.
1: Bingo. Bingo. Um, but you know, and it's, and they're one of those teams that become annoying because I, from a national standpoint, I, I, you have to acknowledge and understand they have a huge fan base and it's not just in Texas. It's all over the country. I guarantee you there's of our audience, a lot of these guys, I bet a lot of you guys are Cowboys fans. People love the Dallas Cowboys. But it's so it, – the Lakers are this, this team right now. Mm-hmm. It gets so old. And this, this is probably why I don't watch a lot of national <laughs> stuff anymore when all they talk about is the Cowboys and the Lakers, and, they, and they're and they not good. Like, the Lakers are not good. No. Why are we talking about the Lakers?
2: I don't know, but what's funny is I, I I played fantasy football for the first time this past year, and I won the league. Ten guys – and I had three cowboys on my team. I wow. had Dak Prescott, Dak C. Prescott, D. Lamb, and Ezekiel Elliott. And you know what? They put up decent fantasy football numbers just about every week. And like I said, I ended up winning it with them. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, move along.
1: Four seven. I didn't. I, well, this the show has just taken a strange turn here at the end. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Shane isn't making. He wants to talk about cricket.
0: All right. Hey guys, how you doing? I, I just wanted to say about cricket. It all depends on your perspective. So, uh, in 2011, I was in East Africa working for a couple of months, and that was the only sport on television.
3: Uh, <laughs> imagine. I promise
0: you, it was very entertaining when you couldn't watch anything else. Yeah, so, I can could, I, I could see that. But, uh, just sort of on a different path, I'm not sure if you guys are aware, but the uh, NCAA wrestling tournament starts this week or weekend. Oh, okay. And there's a young man named uh, Spencer Lee who wrestles 125 for Iowa. He has won three national championships, he's in line for sport fourth now, which has only been done three other times in history. So uh, this guy is literally going to make history this week if all works out. So, there you go.
1: Watch. All right. Hey, appreciate the phone call, Shane. Something to keep an eye on.
2: And Iowa, and Iowa State, they win just about every NCAA wrestling national championship anyway. They're, they've been dominant for years. Them and Penn State, um, I think Oklahoma State's usually got a pretty good program, but there's that's one of those sports where there's about five to eight schools that have dominated it for a long, long time. And you know what, Russ? When you say anywhere in the world of sports, what gets I, brought up? I, I mean, I can't Women's get Women's lacrosse I, I, and I, men's wrestling.
1: I, I, I say it. I, I, you, I know, I, you know? You I, know? I, I, there we go. I, I mean, we've we've gone an hour and 52 minutes with no mention. Cricket. Of the Players Championship this weekend. Russ, we've
2: talked about cricket, <laughs> women's lacrosse, and men's wrestling today. This
1: this really took a strange turn. To tell in Daniel
2: Shirley is sleeping well right now. <laughs> <laughs> but
1: but you're right. I mean, I can't. I, I said anywhere in the world of sports you want to go, and those those are are, are sports. I, I that's interesting to me. What? Because Shane said he was doing work over in Africa, and that's all that was on TV. I mean if you were stranded on a desert island and all you could watch is cricket i guess we'd get into it i mean i'm a sports, so i'm always going to be a sports fan hey, I, I like remember, watching competition i remember when i was a kid I, i'd
2: go stay at my grandmother's out on the farm in twix county and and you know i'd get up and watch uh game shows price is right right and then once okay. the price is right went off what what was it so proper it was the rest of the day and then I'd accidentally find myself sitting there watching one of them, <laughs> you know, and it would go off and i go, wait, what? whoa, whoa, what happened? What's the, the cliffhanger? And then I'd go, what is wrong with me? I, I need to get outside. I can't believe I'm watching this. Yeah, it was, it was all that was on TV back in the three channel days. You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I get it. If that's all that's on, eventually you're going to get into it uh, just because you can't help it. Yeah. I mean, it's your only outlet, right?
1: I guess so. I, I'm I, surprised
2: they didn't have soccer on. But
1: yeah. I, we're so we're just so spoiled now. I mean, you can watch anything you want pretty much these days. I mean, literally, like last night, I was telling Steve this earlier. So I watched a lot of basketball throughout the day, and I just couldn't get into it last night. And I, so I was I can watch a wrestling pay per view from 20 years ago. I mean, you didn't have these kind of options 20 years ago.
2: Right. Well, I just told you, I was watching History of the ACC last yeah. night and loving it. I mean, yeah.
1: man, this is great. Yeah, that's it's it's crazy the way way uh, technology's gone. We're out of time. Thanks for listening, as always. We certainly do appreciate it. Appreciate and thanks the, for having me. Yeah, Steve, thank you for sitting in the past couple of days. Certainly enjoyed that. And I uh, always appreciate the calls, the texts, the tweets, and uh, getting to interact with you guys on a daily basis. We'll do it again on Monday. Y'all have a good one. And